right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Charlie Mike. So those of you that follow the show know that I talk about leadership, motivation, and positive life. I wanted to bring you a very special interview episode from someone within the restaurant industry that's a leader in his own right, not only with his skill set, but within the community here in the lovely Lilac City of Spokane, Washington, a person that exudes leadership, motivation, and certainly positive life. Today, I have a very special guest and very dear friend of mine. He's a veteran of the United States Air Force, hails from right here in the Lilac City. Um, His resume includes not only the United States military, but a senior leader at Microsoft and former partner of the Alora Wine Bar and Restaurant in Bandon, Oregon, here in the PN Dubs. So that's that specific Northwest for those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to introduce Mr. David Hayes, owner and operator of North Hill on Garland Restaurant right here in Spokane's iconic Garland District and the very first guest here on Charlie Mike. David, welcome, sir. It's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Santos. It's great to be here. And by the way, your podcast are Sierra Hotel. I have to tell you that. <laughs> so Sierra Hotel, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that means shit hot. That's exactly okay, what Okay, for means. all you non-military types that's listening out there, Sierra Hotel means shit hot. Yeah, even us Air Force guys know the, the Army <laughs> Marine Corps acronyms a little bit, I think. <laughs> right on. All right. So for the listeners out there, tell them, uh, tell them a little bit about your story. Tell them, uh, tell them about your background. So I did grow up here in Spokane, went to Ferris High School. Um, during the summertime, I'd work up at the fire crews up in Tenasket, Washington. <clears throat> and then my, in the winter jobs, just during the winter, I worked at a Denny's out on Fancher that's no longer there. Uh, so that was really kind of the first taste of the restaurant business. And I came to this really, really late in life. Um, when I joined the military, I joined the Air Force. I was stationed at Beale Air Force Base with the SR-71, went to Korea. I lived in Greece. Uh, when I got out, I got into uh, kind of the IT world, if you want to get at that. My first foray into that was selling computers at Computer City, and uh, that was that was quite the experience. And I kind of fell in love with it. Um, I spent time at Microsoft, uh, ran a, a little little division called the Microsoft Partner Solutions Center. Okay. It was really great. Um, from there, um, got involved in the restaurant business and. Uh, my mother fell ill and uh, moved into a living facility. It was time to come home. Okay. So it's kind of the prodigal son comes home story of sorts. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that she had uh, the best possible life that she could have before she passed and, and uh, ended up here in Spokane, gave up a lot of things to get here, but you know, mission comes first. It's kind of our matrix. If you're a military person, yeah. Um, you have a, you basically have a start, a finish, and even at Microsoft in a project or IT form, you have a start, a finish, and uh, everything in between is whatever makes that end of that project good or you know to finish up with. So that's how I ended up here. I had the opportunity to, to get into this beautiful 1921 Masai Temple building and uh, met you and Janet, and <laughs> it's all been it's all been good. It, I won't I'll say it's it's challenging. And uh, compared to probably most people in Spokane, I'm relatively new in the in the restaurant industry. Okay, um, but I don't approach it from the standpoint. I don't think I approach it anyway from the standpoint of um, the average restaurant tour. I, I like to think I'm a little different. I want to be hands on. I'm here every day. Uh, super super important for me to meet the customers, talk to them, find out what their stories are. Uh, they like to find out what my story is and. Uh, I'm back home, and we'll we'll see where see we'll see what the next chapter goes to after that, right? <laughs> it's always there's always new chapters down the road. Oh man, that's that's incredible. Uh, that's a super cool background, uh, and I, I, I appreciate you sharing that not only with me, but you know the the listeners of the show. It's that's that's super important that they know that um, that you know your background. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, so you're listening to the show. Uh, we talk about no no. No secret that the, the three main things we talk about is leadership, motivation, and positive life. Right. I got a few questions uh, that I want to ask for you to answer for our listeners out there. Is, is, that, is that okay we do that? Absolutely. All right. Sweet. Uh, you're an Air Force veteran, correct? I am. Okay. As, as was my dad, his, his, his brothers. Uh, uh, I have a son who's a Marine. I have a grandson who's a Marine. I have two brothers that were uh, Marine and Army. Um, so it, it, that, that 
sense of service in the military runs pretty deep in the family. Oh, perfect. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, thank yeah, you for you your too. service. You it's, uh, it's always a pleasure and uh, wonderful to know that, you know, veteran owned businesses like, like this one here on North Hill, um, it's, it's so cool to see somebody flourish outside of the military compared to what the alternative could be. Yeah. Right. Cause it could be really, I think it's really tough for veterans anymore, especially nowadays. Um, my dad went through the Vietnam era. Oh, and I also have a, uh, I have a daughter-in-law who is a Marine as well. So Julie and Diana were both Marines and met, met in Okinawa. So, and they got married as that's great. So, oh my it, goodness. So it extends to that. Right. That's awesome. But you're right. It's tough. It's tough for people in the military when they get out of, uh, to, to kind of find their legs there. There's just so many facets, um, of what happens during our service, where we're at, who we meet, the people that we meet, the life, the trials, the tribulations we go through. And, and I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see, um, I mean, I, if we all had a magic wand, right. And everybody in the military could say one thing, it would be, we need to do better for our veterans. We, we, we need to treat them better. Um, give them more than what they what they have right now. And right. I think that's one of the things that really, really uh, uh, is always on my mind about um, the, the suicide rate and the things that go on and the homelessness in veterans. No veteran should ever not be without a home. They should, they should literally be taken care of. And absolutely uh, because their services is, is, is insane. And then you flip over to the other side and, and you, you think about the, the spouses of those veterans you know, it affects them as much as it affects the veteran themselves, the people who have, have stood by their their uh, partner or their, their their wife or their husband. Um, and it's a tough life, you know, growing up three boys in a, in a military family. It's not it's not easy. You travel. And um, I, I was uh, lucky enough to have a, a fabulous dad and uh, a mother that really stuck by him. Through a lot of different, a lot of different things. So for me, getting out of the military and trying to find my legs and get where I wanted to be. Um, so it, you know, I, I'm blessed that I was able to work for a company like Microsoft. I was blessed that I was. Uh, I met. I met somebody. Got married. We bought a restaurant on the Oregon coast. Yeah. And then uh, I'm blessed that now I'm up here and I have. I have a living. Yeah. There's a lot. A lot done. So, uh, I appreciate the fact that you, you bring that forward. I think no. it's just really something that needs to be addressed Thank on a greater scale. Thank you, man. And you know, that's, that's on point because again, it's wonderful that you're flourishing, uh, after the military, some of our brothers and sisters have not been, been so, lucky. so, so lucky. Yeah. And, um, Quick note to all of you that are listening out there that, and that are in crisis, uh, there's always help available, whether it be a family member, a friend, um, there is the, the, the national suicide crisis lifeline, uh, text 988 on your smart device and you will get help right away. So for those brothers and sisters out there that are in crisis that are listening, uh, we got your back. 100%. Yeah, and I think, I think, um, the restaurant industry, uh, can really lend itself to, to, to bringing on my, my chef, James is a Navy vet, a CB, a squid, whatever you want we'll, to call we'll it. We'll forgive him for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I let, I tend to try and hire, hire that way. And I, I would encourage other restaurant owners and restaurant businesses to find those people that can do those jobs, yeah. train them. They, they're, you're not going to find a harder worker, <laughs> no. you know, hands down. Yeah. So. Oh, that's perfect. Um, super, super cool segue into, into what we're going to talk about today. So, I have a couple of, or not a couple, I have a few questions that I want to ask you today and um, be as candid as you want. This is, uh, you know, I always tell uh, family members or anybody that's listening, hey, if you got little ears around, I can't can't promise you that there won't be a, 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 you know, an F-bomb thrown around here or there. So that's your, that's your. Headphones can be a blessing, right? right? Headphones can be a blessing. (laughs) This is your public services announcement. So the first question I have for you is. How did you decide to get into the culinary world slash business and why? Well, it was, it was really not initially my idea. So as I said earlier, I was married to a, a, a wonderful gal and uh, she went through a retail crisis and a, a kind of a, uh, a, a trying to find her way. And, and uh, she became a chef, um, graduated top of her class in, in 
the culinary school she went to and had a lot of opportunities to do what she wanted to do. Okay. Uh, she wanted instead to go into, uh, and I was at Microsoft at the time, and, and she wanted to go into uh, having her own uh, catering service. Mm-hmm. So she did in-home meals, uh, crystal, great china, laid out. Um, uh, a lot of the uh, top celebrities, uh, sports figures in Seattle were her customers. So I tagged along and kind of picked up. I'd always liked um, I'd always liked good food, being at Microsoft, you wine and dine your customers or being any kind of business, right? So, and then traveling and living in different countries, you kind of pick up on that whole thing. So her, her business was very successful. I was kind of winding down at Microsoft, um, looking for maybe my next step and whether I, that was going to stay in the technology field or maybe kind of move out or right. something new. And, uh, we kind of had this idea of, uh, buying a restaurant. So we went through, I did seven different um, business plans and concept documents trying to find uh, uh, places we could along the coast, uh, Cannon Beach, uh, Astoria. Uh, we didn't venture very far down from beautiful Lincoln places. City. Yeah, yeah great, great, places. great places. The Oregon coast is crazy. Um, there's a little town that I lived in, North Bend, the, the beaches, when you get past, it's kind of funny. It's not really on the subject, but when you get past Lincoln City and you go farther south, right. I, for me, I think the wine's better. The Applegate region is fabulous. Came into the restaurant industry that way. Yeah, uh, The beaches are just stunning. The people are, are really friendly. Uh, so I would encourage people to get past that. So anyway, um, we went through a number of, of uh, disappointments. I found... Uh, going through concept documents and talking to owners, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they would fall in love with the restaurant again. You you talk about, uh, well, we're looking at doing this, and, and we want to ship the ship the, the the food items to this way, and kind of the ambiance, and and you can see the wheels. I found out you can see the wheels start to turn, <laughs> and they're like, well, maybe I don't want to get rid of my restaurant right away, right? So we lost some opportunities. Uh, we found this little Inateca down in a little town called Bandon, Oregon. Bandon Dunes Golf Course is world famous. Yep. Uh, uh, good, and it's right on the 101. So we put in a bid. It was a long, it was a hard process to get through, right? right to get through that, right? And they had a really great clientele. So we put a bid in, and um, that's where uh, that's where we landed. And it was tough the first. It was really tough the first year. You know, carpet baggers from the north coming down into the south. That's the analogy <laughs> I kind of use. Right. Um, the, the locals really didn't like us very much. We had to retool, shift our marketing. Susan's right. a crazy, in, in, impressive chef. And I had to learn the wine business and the alcohol business and take on that role in the front of the house. So it was really, it was a different thing. And, yeah. but, you know, leadership comes into that from both sides. How, how, how are you going to take these um, individuals? that are already working here and how you got to pull them in. Yeah. So that's kind of how we got into it. Now, a kind of weird little side, side note is, um, uh, the gal I date, Julie's just that she's just wonderful from North, North, North Bend, Oregon. I met her while I was down there. She came up here and, and my favorite movie is Casablanca. (laughs) Right. So I kind of always, I think I kind of always pictured myself as Rick from Americano having that, white dinner jacket and signing those receipts. Yeah, I like kind of stuff like that. You kind of think about that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's cool, man. And so I was sitting thinking about that one time and I, I think I told Julie, I said, you know, I think I think the reason I got into this business was was because of Rick's. Okay. And as I walked, go through the movie, it's like there's a, there's a scene in there where there's a couple trying to get out of Casablanca. And I think Rick tells him, uh, put it on 22. Right. Let's put it, put your money on 22. You right. follow where I'm going here. Right. They spin and he wins and leave it there. Spins and he wins. And, uh, I, I, you know, weird things come into your head and 22 is my favorite number. I'm like, going, Oh, wait a second. I want to be Rick. I want a place like that. 22 is my favorite number. So maybe I was kind of destined to be in this business to a certain extent. There were signs. So yeah. To speak. There were signs along the way. Okay. But, uh, uh, that's how we got in. That's how I got into the culinary world. And then again, when mom got sick, it was time for me to come home. So Julie's been great about 
her life down there and my life up here, coming home to take care, and I found this place. And I looked at a number of different uh, bars and restaurants. I wasn't really sure what I wanted, but you know, when I when Danny Patterson, the guy who, who brought me here, uh, talked to me about this way before I even came up here, and and when I saw it, it was like, wow, you know, I'm going to come up and run this place, right? Uh, initially. <clears throat> Uh, you walk up and it's a beautiful 1921 building and then you walk in and it's just, it's, it's really beautiful. You know, it has character. Yeah. But that was, that was a tough transition. You know, again, mom is the mission. This is going to be my living. I have a gal down in Oregon. Um, so working through all of those processes, I think we're doing pretty well. We're in our, uh, April will be our, our second year. May will be our first year open. Beautiful. Uh, so our second year open and uh you know so th- that's how i fell into it i fell into it right um i don't know if that's how it typically works i think most re- really successful restaurants are typically going to be owned by chefs i very i think very few of them are are really successfully owned by people who aren't unless they invest if you're an investor in it okay you're an owner but right if you're a day-to-day hands-on kind of guy i think it's typically you know, from my experience, it's typically going to be a chef. That's awesome. So the one, the one really cool thing that I love about your story is, uh, so Janet and I are obviously we're big foodies. You know that. Yeah. Um, we watch. Uh, I you know we treat we treat chefs, world renowned chefs, like rock stars. You know, right. I'm a big Metallica fan. So when I see somebody like Bobby Flay or somebody sure. like yeah, you know, one yeah. of those one of those big yeah. time guys, Tom Douglas, I sit yeah. there and I I, I kind of fan guy out and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Bobby Flay or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's really and they're top notch chefs. I mean, they're world, yeah. you know, Gordon Ramsay, they're world class known chefs with amazing restaurants. Right. It, but the cool thing about your story is, you know, it, it there's so many personalities across that world that were saying. Um, you know, I was crunching. I was crunching numbers in a cubicle. No Siri, sorry, Siri. Siri decided to speak for me. Uh, Gotta love Siri, right? She, she's she's right on it. <laughs> so, uh, um, they were crunching numbers for corporate America, or they were, um, you know, like a nuclear physicist or an engineer. But you know, there was something about food or something about. Yeah being a servant leader sure and you don't have to have let me be clear you don't have to have a title to be a leader right um that turned them on that it ignited a fire in them and yeah. clearly uh you know janet and i know you well enough and we've seen you interact with the staff and your patrons here that that's you like you can tell you made the comment one night when we were here you know i i love what i do and you can totally tell yeah i think totally, yeah, totally i think tell. if you're not a chef a chef has a passion about food. You know, mm-hmm. a cook has a real passion about food. Right. Um, uh, and we've gone through, here we've gone through nine menus in, in a year and a half to mm-hmm. try and find our place. Yeah. Working with James. And we've elevated our food from yeah. just being pub food kind of thing. It's, and, yeah. it's clearly beyond pub food. Yeah. And we had, <laughs> yeah thank you. And, and same thing with our cocktails. You know, it's a, cla- it's a classic cocktail. You're an old-fashioned guy, mm-hmm. you know. I, I love the story and I actually relate the story when you guys came in and, and Janet was, was really kind of, I don't know, miffed or depressed or whatever about going someplace else and trying to get a drink, right? <laughs> Off the phone. It's yeah. like, oh, no, they yeah. only make this in California. It's like, what the hell? You yeah. want to make it in California? Figure it out. Right. You know, and we sat there and we went, I think we went through probably, what, six drinks until we got Janet's tickled pink down. Oh, my goodness. And yes. Janet will love to know that. It's one of the most popular cocktails that we sell, serve, right? Yeah. So it was one of those things. But I think chefs and cooks, they're, I think they're born into it initially. Yeah. Um, but there's other chefs uh, or cooks that own restaurants. They go in through a life and then they decide to do this. Right. You know? And then they find out they're really, really good at it. Yeah. And uh, I think from a business perspective, a business owner that gets involved in that, I got involved in it in a different world. Okay. I would never have thought at Microsoft, I'm going to go buy a restaurant. Yeah. I'm going to be involved in a restaurant. Right. right. I had to have somebody there. And as we went through that, initially it was number crunching for me down at the <clears throat> and Bannon. It was just day to day 
number crunching. It's a tough, this is a tough business. Right. This is, this is not for the faint of heart. No. And, and you yeah. know what, to, to, to your point, um, you know, Janet and I are always researching, reading about the restaurant industry. Yeah. And I follow you guys. It's like, Oh, kudos, oh my gosh, they're going everywhere. To, kudos to you because it is a world that we love to support. I, I can tell you it, it would crush both of us. So the fact that you're, you're making it happen We'll, we'll support you all day long. I, and I love that. And, and I've, we're starting to get some really good, um, so some really uh, regulars coming in. And we had talked about the Air Force Base, you know, yeah. being a vet. Right. Uh, these guys came, these guys and gals came in, these pilots came in one night. Now they're here. Right. And I love supporting them. And they love supporting, you know, the people out of Fairchild love supporting vets. Right. But, you know, to get back to the subject of, of passion, Going down to dropping everything, you know, my, my friends at Microsoft, you're going to leave all this money. You're going to leave all this opportunity of working for Bill G and these other people, uh, um, Satya, the, the, and getting, knowing these people. And you're going to give that all up and go down to a little town of 2,000 people mm-hmm. near a world-class golf course. And you're going to try to make this work. And not only try to make it work, but we did make it work, right? Yeah. But it was a grind and a nuts and bolts and watch every penny, make sure everything was in place. Uh, we were kind of abandoned a little bit by the locals down there. So right. we had to retool. So we retooled that a number of times. Same thing here at North Hill and Garland. We've retooled over and over and over again. And I think that's part of what leadership is. You have to step back. If, if, you're, a, if, you, if you're trying to be a leader, in any kind of business, if you're if you're just set in, set in stone, people like Bill Gates, Steve Ballmer, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Elon Musk, those guys. You look at these really great business leaders right. in the world. Yeah, Henry Ford, mm-hmm. right? Edison. I think that if you look at what they do, they have a vision, they have a path they want to go down, and they're going to go down that path. But they also have they also have to to shift and flow. You you know one of my favorite and I say it all the time: improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yep. Nothing is gonna be the way you want it to be. You can wish as hard as you want. Yep. You know, hope is not a method. Exactly. Hope hope is never a method. And um, I think if you look at at successful places in and I drill myself in and into this kind of stuff. Good leaders, just good leaders, are willing to listen to people, right? If you're a restaurant, for me, this is me. I'm, I don't know about everybody else in, in Spokane or, the, you know, uh, what would you say, PNW dubs or something like that? Yeah, PN dubs. PN dubs. <laughs> for me, if I can't listen to my customers, yeah. I answer every review, every review on Google, everything on Facebook. Talk to them. If I can't fix it or make it right, I'm going to find a way to make it right. And that's what a leader does. Take the input from people. Step back. Set your ego on the shelf and go, how could I do that better? If I could do 1% better every day as a leader or as a business owner or the owner of North Hill on Garland Restaurant Bar, 1% better every day and find those people that I can work with, that's leadership. That's winning. Right. It's not going to be, uh, what is it? Lollipops and rainbows and all that kind of stuff like that every day. It's this, this is a tough business. Margins are slim. Yeah. And if you can't partner and I use the term partner, they're not employees, they're partners. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. And I think it's the same thing with customers, that relationship with an owner and not owners are going to spend their time on the floor. Not all owners have the ability or the drive right. to meet every customer. Right. We were packed last night, Santos. We were like loaded. And but <laughs> so I met every everybody who came in. I just think that's important. Yeah. And my staff needs to know I'm gonna do the exact same thing. Perfect. So coming into that world, um, um, it's not <clears throat> this is not a life for everybody, but I did find it it I'm I, I'm passionate about it and I think people I hope <clears throat> anyway. People see that when they walk in here, we're doing our best. We're trying to improve. Will we get it right every time? No. You know, baseball player, football player, sports 
uh, whatever it is, you're you're never going to be 100% every day, but you try to be. Yeah. Right. You reach, try to reach for that bar. Absolutely. Even as being a person, um, I know you're going to ask me this later, so I'll just hit it now. You know, <clears throat> I was not a, I was so driven in my life of trying to do things that I, I wasn't a great husband. I wasn't a great uh, father. Right. Right. Um, I had a lot of shortcomings there because I put other things first. Right. Now I'm at this point where, you know, I, I'm 64. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to be in this business forever, but um, I'm trying to rebuild those relationships right. with my kids. Absolutely. And um, although they live in Florida and California, you know, building my relationship with them is very important. Absolutely. I have to keep this going. It's my living, but building those relationships with them, building the relationships with my friends in North Bend, uh, my friends, I have friends all over the globe, Yeah, you know, being it, you can't, you can't be at Microsoft or you can't be, you know, in the military, not keep in contact with those oh, people. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But you, you, you still, <clears throat> you still lead. And I, I hope that my, uh, I hope that my kids and my grandkids see that, you know, dad and grandpa is a, is a guy who wants to exhibit to them hard work. Oh, for sure. Leadership. No, that's and I know I kind of rambled on. No, 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 no. no you didn't. Like, again, this is you know for again for everybody listening out there. This is completely free talk. This is not scripted. This is exactly this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to get an industry leader. Um, and I and it's, it's kind of funny because it, it, it's um, a little humbling, but <clears throat> I don't know if I'm an industry leader. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a North Hill on Garland restaurant right, leader. Right. right. Um, I don't even know if I really, honestly, I don't know if I really want to be an, an industry leader. I don't, right. I don't even know what that means. Well, so there's, right. I think there's many facets to that question. Sure. Uh, and here's why I say that. You can be an industry leader within your, let's just use a, a military term, your area of operations. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll use the Lilac City yeah. as our area of operations. You, you're an industry leader because of the way you treat your customers, the way you treat your staff. It, it's not about metrics. It's not about money. It's not about any of those any of those things. Because guess what? And before you have all that, you have to have your people. You have yeah, to have absolutely. you have to have the support of your community. Yeah, exactly. So that's why um, myself and I know I don't I, I I don't only speak for myself. I speak for other people. Sure. That's why I consider you an industry leader here. In, in the lilacs and, and I have a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bet I have the benefit of, uh, Paul Castle and Keith Riddle who own this place before me and, um, you know, Danny Patterson and synergy. Who's my landlord. I mean, they're, they've helped us through these difficult times. And yeah. those are, those are great. Those are really good friends, but they're great business people as well. So having that, you know, you, you stand on the, it's a term everybody uses and there's a lot of things we throw around more that, uh, you know, we stand on the, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Well, I can only stand on James and I can only stand on Keith and Paul and Danny and, um, you know, my brother and, and my dad and my mom. And if I, if I don't have those people and Julie, if I don't have those people, then, this just gets to be a total grind. Right. You know, but right. knowing that there's people there and then under them are all the customers that come in. The people that came in last night and, and the last, you know, we've had a kind of a rough little winter, but you know, being full of the, these nights that were open uh, and seeing the smiles on people and, and the hugs and the laughter, you've seen this. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And like, hey David, how you doing? Yeah. You know, that's, that's uplifting. Yeah. Right. I mean, that just gives you more. It's like, I want to do better. I want to do better. Uh, I want to make them happy. The fact that most of our menu items have now come from customers. Yeah. Drinks. Janet's tickled pink. We have Michelle's <laughs> drink. We have Elisa's drink. We have John. We have a drink from a guy named John now. And I named the drinks after him. I think that's kind of cool. That's right? awesome. So having those, having those people that, that support you, uh, Day to day, week to week, I think that's just that's that's what really uh, if that makes me some kind of industry, whatever, then okay, so be it. I just see myself as a I just see myself as Rick's from 
Rick's Americano. <laughs> That's so you know, cool. Doing my best to serve people and give them what they want. Oh, yeah. goodness. No, that's perfect. And, you know, one quick side uh, show note here. For those of you that are listening and probably wondering, what the hell is Janice Tickled Pink? So <laughs> one night, uh, and I'll make this short, one night we were here uh, having a great time, having some cocktails. Um, my wife and and uh, David here, they, they put on the, the mad scientist goggles, they lit the Bunsen burner, and they went through a couple of iterations of tastings and it was this fabulous drink that that ended up on the menu, and I, I can tell you yeah, from a from a fun. from a patron and a and a husband's perspective, um, we're honored. We're honored. We're honored to have your friendship. Oh, we're I, honored I, to have your friendship. I love doing that it, stuff. I love you know me. I like you know. It says at the bottom of the menu, <laughs> try something daring. Yes. Challenge the bartender. Yes. You know, chat. That that's the fun stuff. And you come, man. You come in sometimes, and I'm like, oh, there's these four guys like you that come in. And they come in maybe every couple of weeks and they've got a new drink, right? It's like, can you make this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Luckily, the little secret is I have two phone apps, <laughs> little apps that I can look stuff up. Yes. So you, you look like a magician. Right. But, you know, that's that's the fun part. Challenge yeah. me. Come in. You know, you, it's there's something I can always be something learned, something new learned. And uh that was a that was because I think it was pretty slow that day. Yeah. Right. Right. But that was fun. Right? Yeah. No, and, we, uh, it, we 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 talk about it to this day. We <laughs> talk about that. it to this day. Love now, that. you have you have clearly told, um, you know, the, the, the show and the fan base what what you look for in a leader. And I thank you for that. Um, given everything that you've said, given everything that you've said about your staff and the people that that are close to you. Sure. What do you consider your personal leadership style to be? Well, I, 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 what I strive for and maybe what sometimes I fall short on, as we all do, is, is I just I want to make sure that, you know, it's easy to talk. Yeah. It's really easy to talk the talk. Um, but walking the walk is a different story. Okay. Right. Um, I, I think from the standpoint of my leadership style, skills, it has to be collaborative. It, it, I, it, when I was at Microsoft, I had an amazing team. I had a guy named Jeff Amos that uh, was, was my technologist. Um, um, Willie Brown, uh, um, uh, Stacy. Uh, I just had some really good team members and we had some really complex problems to solve, right? Same thing in the military. It's it's in when I was in the in the in the Air Force, it, it was the same things throughout job. So I think if, if for me, I have to I know what I want or I know I have kind of that vision right. piece of it. Um, and that's important as a leader. You have to have a vision. Yeah. And for you that are listening, I have a tendency to talk with my hands. So if you come in and my <laughs> hands are flailing around, I'm not Italian. But I talk with my hands. Um, but you have to have you, you have to have a vision and a base of that. Um, from there, you have to try and pick the right team. And in this industry, it is tough to find the right people. It is not easy. They're just not beating on your door. Right. Right. And going through COVID was even harder right. to find people. But when you find them like James, I think what works for James and I, and I'll use that, is that this is my place. It's my vision. This is what I want to do. Do I want to be the best restaurant in Spokane? No. I'm okay. very I'm very clear about that. Okay. Do I want to try and be the best restaurant in Spokane? Absolutely. But more important to me is can I give value? Can I give an atmosphere? Do I have the ability to provide really good food, different styles of food, excellent wine, cocktails, craft cocktails, and in, and an environment that is welcoming? If I can do that, I consider that a win. With James, James is a James is kind of a down home kind of cook, and he's stepped up his games over two years. I was lucky to get him right, and he's been with me from from the from this whole time. Yeah. So, um, going down that road of leadership, I have that vision, I have to articulate that. But if I'm not willing to take that feedback from him, right. from my customers, from the people that I know, then I think leaders fall short in that area right. because they're so locked in to tunnel vision. Oh, I got it. I'm going to do it this way. Right. 
you know, and then you just kind of turn into an ass, you know, <laughs> realistically, it's like, no, you're my you're, way or the highway. That's the way it's going to be. You're and absolutely spot on. There's a benefit. Or, or, I wouldn't would call it benefit. It, it, maybe there's a plus and minus of that, that, okay, yeah, I did it my way. You know, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Elvis Presley, <laughs> I did it my way. That's great. But they had people with them. Right. But um, y- if you fail, that's all on you. Yep. You know, it's going to be on you anyway. As it should be as a leader. Exactly. Yep. But if you have these supporting pieces that help you both in your personal life and in your business life and the people that you work with, the people that are your landlords, um, the uh, Bill from from Odom and, and um, Pauline from, you know, these guys, the people that are my vendors, because I'm demanding when it comes to that stuff. Right. Right. I'm very demanding when it comes to what wine I want. I come from a wine background. I don't want what everybody has, but I have to be able to listen to people. Right. And I think from a leadership standpoint, if you're willing to listen and willing to open yourself up and give yourself to your, your partners and your employers uh, that work for you, employees that work for you and your customers, I just think it makes you a better person. Right. It just opens you up. And if you're willing to give to the community, uh, humane society, uh, suicide prevention. Uh, you got to do it's it's a it's a big bundle of rubber bands. You're right. You know, and you just you just you just hope that you're doing doing your best for the for them. Right. What, what can I do to make them successful? Because if they're successful, then I then then I'm going to be successful. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, and you know, please please tell me otherwise. You have a very, very, you're stern, you're, you, you hold people accountable, there's ownership, but you have a very servant-type ty- servant style of leadership. You're a servant leader. I, I, think, I think that would probably, that would probably be roll it around pretty good. Okay. I, think that, that's, I think that's good. I mean, Perfect. you have to inspect what you expect. Oh, absolutely, right? 100%. And, and if you don't do that, and if you don't demand, if you don't, don't demand the best from people, that and they can't see that you're not demanding the best of you, then, will, it's, then it just falls short. They will yeah. give you mediocre. Yeah, if you will. And uh, mediocrity is the easiest thing to do in the world. Right. Everybody can just be mediocre, settle for what they have. Um, that's just not fun. I just don't <laughs> think. I just don't think being mediocre is 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 is, is a good thing. I right. think it, you you want to strive for more. Um, my son-in-law down in um, in uh, California strives for more. Julian, my son in Florida, and Diana they they raise kids. Angela, stay-at-home mom. Right, those kind of things are really important to um, make their lives better. Right, you, you you're doing podcasts. <laughs> you, you probably didn't think when you. Got out of the military. Oh, I'm going to do podcasts. No, you know, I, I'm going to have a I'm going to have a really famous podcast. For, furthest thing from my mind. Yeah, but you find those little things. I I think at times leadership. I think leadership finds people. I don't think people go out necessarily to be leaders. They may try. Yeah, but but your leadership style has to come back, and you have, it has to find you. It, it has to look for you as well as you're asking for it. It's it's just symbiotic that way. Oh, that's so cool. That is great discussion. I'm definitely gonna definitely going to uh, to use that quote. Um, I love that. That's well, it's not cool. my quote. It's I probably read it somewhere or saw it somewhere before you. But okay, just like we just like we say at yeah. Amazon in the uh, in the HR world, we're gonna I'm gonna shamelessly steal that. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that is a, that is a, yeah. shamelessly steal that. It's, so you know, it's kind of funny because in the in this industry, chefs are always worried about losing their recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, making drinks. Um, uh, There's a couple that was in the other night, and uh, they they mentioned to me, it's like, yeah, we went to this place downtown, and we asked for this particular drink, and the bartender kind of looked at us like, you know, well, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And uh, uh, Rick, Rick pulled out the little menu card that I gave him, and he goes, you know, he's like, no, it's like, make it like this. Yeah. That he just wanted to have it. So I wrote down the recipe and I said, yeah, you the more the merrier. That's right. Awesome. That's awesome. man. Well, so given everything that, that we've discussed thus far, um, leaders, no matter where you're at, what industry, what, where you're at in life, uh, you don't, you don't get to where you're at 
by yourself. Uh, and so I, I wanted to ask you, uh, tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they had impact on you. That, that's, I think that's a great question. And I think everybody should stop whether what you do in your life and where you're at in your life and, and look back and go, you know, who are those people that really helped you? And, you know, we kind of had this little conversation. Um, I, there's a lot of people that have shaped the person that I am, right? Who I am now, you know, um, and I'll be one of the first ones to admit that I've done a lot of bad things wrong uh, or a lot of things wrong. Oh, hell, we all have. Yeah. And, and, and you just kind of take note on kind of what, what that, what that is. For me, and it sounds cliche, like a cliche, but, yeah, you know, my mom and dad, um, they were total service givers. Yeah. Um, my dad was really heavy into the streets here in Spokane. Okay. That was his thing. Right. He did some of that while he was in the military with the drug and, and uh, alcohol, alcohol abuse programs. Um, but for us, for me, it, it was not unusual to have somebody sleeping in our basement dad would find him on the street. He, he had a place called the Restoration Inn. Oh, wow. Right. So I'm a junior. Okay. So he had a place downtown called the Restoration Inn, which was, I think was one of uh, Spokane's first coffee shops, right? Okay. He was involved with Teen Challenge, Alpha and Omega and, and, and some things like that around drugs. And that really tugged on his heart. Uh, kids on the street, drugs, how do I help them? How do I give them a safe place to go? Right. You know, and I remember going down to the restaurant, it was a couple of pool tables, Ping pong tables. There was old bar. I'm, I think it was on third, third or second, third, second. No, maybe it could have. Uh, it's fourth anyway. It's down there near the Fox area. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And um, but I, rem- I I can remember his service and always willing to give. Um, Mom was the same way. She raised three boys and, and a daughter, and um, they never missed a game. You know, played football at Joe Albee Stadium, freezing cold. They were there. So I think from that standpoint, um, knowing what my dad went through as a kid, uh, part of an evangelistic family traveling around, uh, not really ever having a home. Kind of, they were kind of vagabonds. Dad, his, my grandpa was a preacher as well as dad. And uh, just seeing how they persevered through life because it wasn't really, it just wasn't something that was handed to them. Um, and until the day that he passed, he was still, you know, helping other people do things like that. Right. So, uh, and mom, the same thing, uh, I moved up here to take, help take care of her, uh, and, uh, in the living facility. And, um, she, every morning she got up and went to every door inside that facility and said hi to every person and gave them hugs. Every day without fail. Despite her own struggles. D- despite her own struggles. That is, and wow. um, I think what was really uh, heartwarming was the day that she passed. Um, the residents, some of the residents that could walk and stuff were lined up outside her door. And they wanted to come in and say goodbye to her. Oh, my goodness. So th- it's that impact of what they do. Right. From a business perspective... I can go way back. You know, there was a guy named Steve Brueger that I, I worked for at Sequel Saw. Um, and I'll tell Steve was a, kind of an odd duck, but he, he a great leader, great leader. Um, the times I worked for the short, the few times I worked for Bill G, it was fabulous. Um, but there's so many, and I, I don't think, you know, I, 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 as I look at this, a lot of the people that influenced me, they're not leaders. They're not leaders, right? You know, in quotes, they're not great leaders, right? Uh, they're people that I got to know, and and I would watch watch work. Jeff Amos, who worked for me, he was a leader. He was I was his boss. Yeah. He was a leader. Um, um, those are those are people. I think leaders have a moniker, but leadership, yes. So I would shift your question around. Sure. You know, what are the three influential leaders? Well, I have two, my parents. Yep. But who were the influential leadership people? Perfect. Would be more along what I look at. Absolutely. You know, we start with our drill sergeant. They completely break us all down. I mean, they're like, they're like, like, 
their, their, their job is to break it. So subliminally, you start thinking about the ego. Okay, well, I was kind of a rebellious kid. I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly the perfect kid, not even close. Yeah. Uh, I can step back into my childhood. I go pastor white at glad tidings church when I was growing up, that was a pastor that if you were not doing what you were supposed to be doing in church, trust me, brother, I was called down out of the balcony one time during (laughs) Sunday school. So during church, my pastor white stopped the service. Yeah. Is that David Hayes up there in the balcony? And I think I was sitting with, I think I was sitting with uh, Rob Koontz and a couple of guys. We were sitting up there because we had snuck out. We snuck back in. We thought right. we'd go up in the balcony. Yeah. Pastor White's like, stop the service. Oh, goodness. You guys come right down to the front and sit in the front row. I have three seats for you right there. That shapes you, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of stuff. And you, you're everybody in church is watching. And this was a big church at the time. Right. Right. Um, and your parents are sitting there and you're like, oh, i got to walk down in front of all these people. Oh, it's yes, because you know it's going to be far worse after it's over. Absolutely. You know, so the, if you really sit down and go retrospect, okay, Pastor White, right out of the gate as a, as a kid, hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Um, then you go into other aspects, your drill sergeant and the first job that you had, uh, there was a guy named Scott. It comes to mind working at Denny's. I had never worked at a restaurant before. Right. Right. Uh, it was a, it was a Denny's we'd go to after church. Right. I got a part-time job with Scott at Denny's and, and, um, Scott demanded so much of his restaurant workers. Right. Yeah. Why even washing dishes? So all these, I think all these people start just pinging into your head of, wow, yeah, they taught me this. They taught me this. This person did this. Brian Abel's the guy down in my wine distributor down in Oregon. Yeah. I didn't know anything about wine. I loved it. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't know how to order it or what to get. Brian would come down every week and he would taste and he'd go do this. How about doing this? Yep. Shifting around. That was a form of leadership to get me where I have a really crazy good wine list. Right. So um, I like the term leadership over leaders. Uh, I can call myself a leader. Hey, I'm a leader. I'm going to lead this game. Sure. Yeah, but you don't have the leadership skills to lead this game. You know, that's why you're going to fail. So, um, I like who are, I, I would encourage people that listen to your podcast, step back, take, take a couple moments and go, who are the leaders, but really who are the people in your life that, that gave you some leadership, right? Pathways, right? right? Pastor white, Steve Brugger. Absolutely. You know, these people like that, that, uh, Brian Abels and, um, that led you in little specific areas right. that kind of shape your life, you know? Oh man. It, I think for me, it's a leadership thing. You know, that's that, I think that's what helps me as I think about it, go through Humphrey Bogart, <laughs> Casablanca, <laughs> right on. That, that was a leadership you thing. Know, he I gave will... up everything. Oh right? man. So yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And you know, I tell you that, one, thank you for that that explanation because there's a couple of things. Like, as a leader, if you're not humble, then I think you're already on the path to failure. That's just my personal opinion. I agree. No, we, I totally them. agree with you. Uh, one of the coaching points I use not only for myself with a new team, um, one of the coaching points I usually use for a, a, a young leader is I usually tell them, look, when when I was at the helm, I told whatever team staff that I was working with, look, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, nor do I care to be. Right. And here's why. I have X amount of skill sets sitting around this table. Exactly. And I'm going to figure out how to leverage every last one of them so we can be great. You tap into your skill sets, right? So one of the shifts we're going to make here that you're going to see, and I'm really, really excited about Mm -hmm. this, is um, I'm behind the bar. Nice. Right? I'm behind the bar. He makes great cocktails, by the uh, way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I'm behind the bar. But it has come to light from customers that, and somebody said it last night as well. Um, we would like to see you on the floor. We'd like to see you out. We'd like to talk to you more. If I'm stuck behind the bar, I can only talk to the bar. Mm-hmm. I can't get out around, especially when we're full. 
Yeah. Right. So I've hired a, a brand new bartender. She's going to be fabulous. And I have to give a shout out to Julie. When Julie came up to visit, she stepped behind the bar. Yeah. Um, killed it. Right. And yeah. she's not a bartender. She's a professional photographer, but she saw the need and she's like, I'll help you do this. Right. Beautiful. So that's standing on the shoulders <clears throat> of people to help you because I, I wouldn't have been able to make it. Right. We, we would have had a really tough two weeks. Right. Um, because we ran into some problems, but I've got a bartender coming in, Amanda. She's really good. Uh, she'll go behind the bar. That gets me out on the floor. And customers were telling me this. So as I've told them, kind of shared this with the regulars that come in, it's like, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm gonna, I've hired a bartender. I'm going to go on the floor. Um, I'll spend more time. They're like, that's great because that's we really like cool. talking to you. We want, you know, that's important to us. Yeah. Watching you run around like, um, who's that guy on the Muppets with the tall hair? Beaker. Beaker. Running around like a wild man. Crazy. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, man. Uh, I want a better atmosphere. Yeah. And, if, and, and if I can provide that and put somebody behind the bar, I don't have to be the best bartender in the world. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to get one that's really, really, really good. Yeah. That puts me out there. I can hang around. That's something that goes back to that whole conversation we had about listening to people. I have to be humble enough to go, okay, this is what they want. Yeah. You know, I didn't do karaoke last year. Yeah. I, 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 I told people, it's like, I'm doing step by step. Right. I didn't want to do music initially. Yeah. Our patio's packed for music. So for sure, a couple of customers were like, you know, it'd be yeah, this great patio. You really should look at doing karaoke. You really should look at that. Well, you know, there's six bars and, you know, a mile. That I'll do karaoke, yeah. but they don't have David. They don't have. And somebody said this last night. That David, they don't have the patio you have. Like it would be awesome to have that. So I had to step back and go. You know what? It's going to be a lot more work for me, but that's what they want. Then I'm going to try and give them karaoke. And then somebody else said at the at the same table, it's like you should do open mic. Oh, do open man. mic night. Yes, yes. Right. There's almost no open mic night. Yeah. So what we're going to do, I had stepped back. I got a hold of Curtis G, who's this fabulous jazz trumpet player and has a karaoke business. So we're going to do music on Friday nights and then alternating karaoke slash uh, open mic. So it's not just going to be karaoke. It's going to be open mic. You want to read a poem from uh, uh, Star Trek in Klingon? Then, hey, knock yourself <laughs> out. You know, just keep it clean. If you ever have that, by the way, if you ever have somebody read a poem in Star Trek Klingon. <laughs> you could be the first. That is a message to me directly. You could be the first. Yeah, well, Janet and I will be down that to would, stat. You, you guys could be the first or you could find somebody. But <laughs> I had to be, you know, I had to be humble enough to go, okay, it's going to be a lot more work. Yeah. It's going to add on. But um, Curtis G is fabulous. He's going to control it for me. I don't have to worry about that. Beautiful. But it just adds another thing for our beautiful patio out here. For people to have music yeah. out here and then uh, karaoke open night or open mic night. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of leadership, right? Yeah. Listening to your customers and, and going, okay, man, that's going to be, how, how am I going to, how do I swing that? How do I actually do that? Yeah. How do I, I got to find somebody to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And Curtis G stepped right up. He's like, I can do that for you. I think it'd be a fabulous idea. Beautiful. So we'll do that. We'll start that probably sometime March, April ish when the when the patio opens up. Love it. But um it goes back to that as I say, it goes back to that being humble and being able to own your business and say, that's what they that's what they want, figure it out. Yeah. They want this dish, figure it out. They want this wine, figure it out. Um and you gotta be humble enough to take that 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 um that information yes. and filter it through and go, okay, yeah, I can do that. You know, you we, we all go through our filters absolutely absolutely so i'm excited about that piece of it but but uh yeah it we'll see <laughs> well and it's i wanted to go back to one of the <clears throat> one comment that you had made uh, a minute or two ago it said you know hey people are people are giving me suggestions for karaoke and you know your comment was well hey there's six other bars out there that do the same thing well here, here's what i'm gonna, I'm gonna te tell you is those six other bars aren't you I'm telling you right now, Janet and I are karaoke nuts. We're wizards about it. 
we have been to six different bars and I can tell you not every bar runs karaoke the same and it's a different flavor. And, I, and I'm not saying any, and I'm not saying that to be negative. Sure. It is a different flavor every single time that we've ever gone. And it's like, you know what? Hey, this is cool. So, you know, for the, for the, for the patrons that are listening out there, Hey, you heard it first here on the Charlie Mike show. Um, <laughs> David is thinking about doing karaoke. Come down, check it out. I'm telling and you. And open mic. And open mic. And open I will mic. tell you what, it can't be bad. It can't be bad. I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and and uh, and say that now. The, that's, the goal that's is to make it Sierra Hotel. It's Sierra Hotel. <laughs> Sierra Hotel. Beautiful. Look, um, one of the most important things I think for leadership and growth is we can be firing on all cylinders when everything's going great. You wake up in the morning, you're just in a flow. Yeah. You are knocking, you're not as soon as your feet hit the ground, you're knocking your 50 meter targets as, yeah. as they come. Um, the final, the final topic that I wanted to talk to you about today, because I, I think this is important. Uh, leaders don't get to where they are by avoiding obstacles. You know, sometimes obstacles run into us through no fault of their own. Yeah. Right. Um, and sometimes we bring them on. Uh, yeah, sometimes we bring them on. Yeah. Fair point. Sometimes that we're be, our that, that would be me. Sometimes we're our worst. You look at Webster's Dick Dictionary under that term. That would be David. Yeah. But to your point, and I love the fact that you know every military member that's listening or that's been out there before us, present, and future, you have to know how to improvise, adapt, and overcome. So, with that, my final question for you is: What is your biggest failure? And what did you learn from that experience? That's a great, that, you know, when you asked me to do this and I started thinking about that, I think my, I think my biggest failure, I've been pretty successful from the business perspective, but I think my business, my business, my biggest failure goes back to what I alluded to earlier. Um, I wasn't the best husband. I wasn't the best father. Uh, uh, And I think part of striving and I hope I'm a better, better person now. But, um, you know, I, I put a lot of other things first, a lot of other things first, right. You know, um, when I should have been putting some of the most important things, I was the, I'm the product of my, my brothers and sister, they lived here. Okay. Like they basically stayed in Spokane. Uh, in hindsight, I look at it, it was more important for me to experience the world experience things that I couldn't or wouldn't be have the ability to do. And I put, I, I put a lot of, um, uh, I, I put a lot of people, uh, especially my grandkids, my kids, especially my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of put them secondary to that, that little bit of egotistical or that lot of ego, ego thing of, you know, I want to do this. I want to, I want to work at Microsoft. I want to, want to, uh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I think for me personally, uh, it re- revolving around my kids, that's my, I think that's my biggest failure. Uh, and I think that's the one I'm trying to, to solve or trying to fix. You know, um, I have a son in Colorado. I don't see Dave. Um, and I, I probably, I, I don't know if I'll ever see him again. Um, uh, he's a high functioning autistic a kid, but you know, his personal life where he's at, I don't, I just don't see that. I would love to, but I don't see that happening Good. with Julian, uh, and Angela, uh, you know, uh, I think I can be a better father now, or I'm trying to be a better father now. Right. Uh, they live in Julian, Diana and, and Miss Victoria, uh, love them dearly. They live in, they live in Florida. Right. Even though you're Cowboys fans, <laughs> uh, I love them dearly. They're in Florida, right? You know? uh, Angela, Mike, her husband, Abigail, Miss Abigail, uh, and then Michael Isaac. I call him Mem. He's a Marine, and his wife Sarah. Uh, they live in they live in California. Uh, my goal right now is to try and have those relationships as much as I can with them. And then when I'm done with this, to be able to spend as much time as, as I want, right. I'm not going to be in this industry forever. Right. I, you know, I'm 64. I'm starting to get a little seasoned and, and aged. Uh, but I think if I, uh, that I would go back to, that's my biggest failure. Uh, I think kind of, if I go dig maybe a little bit deeper and uh, 
I think maybe you should call this the Santos Psychological. Psychological. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna psychoanalyze you. Oh man, um, I I think I could have been a better son as well. I'm pretty happy around business and what my career's done. Good, um, but I think it's the personal relationships, you know, with my parents. Um, it was very. It was. It was. Um, it was. It was so super super important for me. Uh, and I had a lot of support <clears throat> to do it, to get back up here to be with mom for the, the last year and a half, two years of her life. That I just, because I wasn't around. Absolutely. So to visit her, have a standing Sunday date. Um, I know some of your listeners on Facebook, you know, have seen the pictures of, of her and I together. Absolutely. And stuff, being able to take her out <clears throat> and, and you know, spend quality time, sit with her till she falls asleep. That for me, um, I hope in some small way, I, I, I made her proud uh, of that. And, and, uh, but from, I think from a personal standpoint, the kids and my parents, I think those are my biggest failures, but I also see Miss Victoria and I see, uh, Michael Isaac and I see, uh, Miss Abigail and, um, my kids are just fabulous parents and, and amazing people right. and they're raising just wonderful kids. So when I get the chance and I sunset my restaurant business, uh, being able to spend with them, getting away, spending time with the people that I love. Um, I, I, I hope that that's that those are the things that, that um, come to mind that I try to repair. And then when I walk away from this, the customers that are here, Right. They can go back and go, man, this place was really fun. You know, it was, it was a nice place to go to. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, I think for me that, that kind of outlines where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, make this successful, uh, get to the point where when I'm ready to walk away, I can walk away, you know, hold my head go. <clears throat> every day, every day. I improvised, I adapted, and I, I did my best to overcome. And that actually comes from Heartbreak Ridge, a Marine movie, right? Yes, yes. And when I heard that the first time, I'm like, oh, man, that's like, that's, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. And every day, everyday life. Everyday life. Whatever you're doing, um, make yourself 1% better and then improvise, adapt, and overcome. And do your best to, to hold true to what you think you can do. You know, I just think that that that'll be, I can walk away from that. And, um, and I I think that'll, that's what'll make me happy. And then I'll go traveling with the one I love. (laughs) That's so awesome, man. Wow. I I tell you what, uh, not only am I speechless, which that takes a lot. It takes a lot to render, render this, this, this knucklehead speechless, but (laughs) you have, uh, I think Janet's done it a couple of (laughs) times. My, my lovely missus always renders me speeches. She's wonderful. Um, you have unpacked a lot for us today. Uh, it's my pleasure. You have not only allowed us into some very positive, but very, very intimate portions of your life. And, and I'm, not, I'm not only speaking for myself, but I know the listeners really appreciate that. That's, that's not easy to do. Uh, and I, um, I, uh, I will do this right and make sure that, you know, this gets broadcast properly so that way not only myself and, and, and my wife but you know the entire community can know hey you know if you really you really want to know the a little bit of backstory about mr david hayes like listen to this like and the reason why he is the way he is at his establishment well there you go and i, I guarantee you people are thank you people are gonna you know if they don't if they, if they don't already love you which i know they do they're gonna they're gonna mow down your door uh, so, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, do yourself a favor. Come check out North Hill on Garland Restaurant here in Spokane's iconic Garland District. You can find David, Chef James, and the rest of his wonderful staff here at 706 West Garland Avenue, Suite B. I'm going to say that again, 706 West Garland Avenue, Suite B. Great food, amazing cocktails, and the atmosphere is going to feel like home. I will tell you, he's probably going to have to kick you out. You're not, you're not going to want to leave. 
so I add, all right, as always, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And finally, my website over at cmike.org. Make sure while you're there, you fill out a contact form. Click the button to subscribe and drop me some comments, either on my blog or my podcast website. Again, you can find all of that at cmike.org. And this would not be Charlie Mike if we did not end with a famous quote, because you know I'm a big quote guy. This episode's quote comes from number 23 himself, Mr. Michael Jordan. Some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. Others make it happen. And last but not least, in case no one ever tells you or you're doubting yourself, you are capable, you are intelligent, and I believe in you. Now believe in yourself. You can do this. David, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. Charlie Mike, bye now.